bedroom. John chapter 5 verse 1. I remember we were talking about taking the limits off. How many got some limitations that you, you want out of your life? It's got to come out of your belief system first. Let me tell you what. Before it manifests in the natural, it has to manifest right here. Because if you don't take it out of your belief system first, you're never going to see the manifestation of that. Amen? Uh, let's go for John chapter 5, verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the movement of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now, let's stop this. 38 years. The man was sick for 38 years. That's more than my life. Amen. That's, that's a long time. So I want you to reflect on this. 38 years. Okay. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Now, isn't that awesome? Like Jesus would ask some questions that were like, do you want to be made well? It's like the guy's like for 38 years he's been in that condition. Jesus, do you want to be made well? <laughs> the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Okay, let's stop here for a moment. Here you see a man who had, who was, had limitations. His limitation was physical. He could not walk for 38 years. He was lame for 38 years. And he was looking for a healing. Some people say sometimes, well, people want to go to a service because they want to be healed. Well, I believe if you're sick, you also want to be healed. Amen. So be it. Sometimes people come to service wanting to be healed and they get to meet the Lord when they are healed. Sometimes people, uh, healing is a way that the Lord can show His love towards that person and that person will receive salvation. So this man was looking for healing in the pool of Bethesda and during that time there was an angel that would come and stir up the water and the first person who would come there would be healed. But the problem was, according to the man himself, he did not have anybody to help him. He had a physical limitation that surely made him depressed, made him feel downcast and troubled. He had a real limitation. And the first type of limitation I'm talking to you about is real limitations. 
Because some limitations that people have, they are mental or emotional limitations. But there are some people who actually have real, tangible limitations. That man was lame. And that was not on his mind. That was not on his thought process. It was true. He was truly limited physically. So there are some people who are today hearing me here and also online who have a real limitation. Whether it may be physical, whether it may be emotional or financial, whether it may be uh, uh, material or, or family related, but you got a real problem. Okay, that's number one. People have real limitations. And, and just saying, oh, oh, pretend you don't have the problem will not help you. Some people think faith is pretending you don't have the problem. That's not faith. That's being stupid. Right? Um, just pretend you're not sick. No! Come on! If you have a pain, that's real. You got to deal with that. Faith is not pretending you don't have a problem. Faith is acknowledging there's a higher power, the power of God, who is greater than your problem. There's a higher realm where the truth is the truth of God's word which is greater than your natural reality that's what faith is it's not denying your condition it's saying okay I have this problem but I believe God is greater than that that's called faith I believe God is greater than my situation I believe God's greater than the sickness that is attacking your body I believe that God is greater than any uh, lack that you're facing I believe that God is greater than any emotional thing you're experiencing that God is greater than any attack of the enemy against your family against your life God is greater that's faith so this man had a real condition and not only that his condition was for a long time when you deal with something for one week, it's one thing. When you deal with something for one year, it's already something. When you deal with something for 38 years, that can sometimes shape your identity. I've seen people that have a disease for certain long, uh, such a long time, they begin to identify themselves with that disease. I've met people where I said, hello, my name is Hermes. And they say, hello, my name is so-and-so, and I am a diabetic. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, I didn't know that was part of who you are, but maybe because you've been facing that for so long, that's how you identify yourself. And so struggles of life and problems that people have sometimes will unfortunately shape their identity and shape who they are, and that's what, that's what they identify with. But what Jesus comes to do, I'm going to show you what Jesus does. He comes to reshape and recreate your identity. And say, so you don't have to identify with that anymore when you're with me. Because I'm in you and I don't identify with that. Uh, Jesus does not identify with disease. He does not identify with depression. He does not identify with these things. So therefore, when he comes into your life, he comes to change you from the inside out. So this man met Jesus. Jesus was there and Jesus asks him a question. Do you want to be made well? And that may seem to be a silly question. However, it's not. Because some people, they are so used to a problem, they cannot see themselves free for some reason. I've met people, they've been sick for so long that they actually embrace that sickness and they identify with that. And, and in a sense, they believe that people feel pity on them. Therefore, they don't want to be free because they love that feeling of everybody. Are you okay? Is everything good with you? They love that victim mentality. 
So it seems silly. Do you want to be well? But I've seen where people are troubled for so long that they embrace that feeling and they love the attention. Have you seen that? They love the attention that that problem brings. Are you depressed today? Or are you okay today? It's okay. I mean, of course, we love when people care about us. Everybody does. I believe every human being loves uh, to receive love and attention. Is it, would you like to go to a place where everybody's like ignoring you and, and you know, just, okay, you come to a church, you know, everybody's like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Smile on your face and, and, and gives you some love and some attention. I mean, how many love that? Amen? Is that true? Now, if you go to a church and everybody's like, <laughs> or they ignore you or, or despise you with their looks or whatever, most likely you won't be back. I, I don't believe you'll be back. Because you like to go to places where you, you're treated well and, and people at least are polite and say, hey, how are you? Good to see you and stuff like that. So I, I, I believe that it's normal to receive attention and love. But sometimes it gets to a place where people love to, have the, to be the center of attention. Where everybody's like asking about them and worried about them. And so if they are healed and if they are free, then they won't have that same level of attention anymore because now they are free. I've seen people in Europe where over there they receive benefits from the government. Because they, ha they carry a, a disease or they carry some, um, some um, issue in their body. I've seen where people couldn't walk. And um, that was not in our ministry, but I've seen in, in other people's ministries uh, where, for example, someone has a, a, a problem in their body and they receive benefits from the financial benefits from the government every month. And it's enough to pay for food, rent, and utilities. And they got their stuff taken care of, their needs taken care of because of the problem. So they don't have to work. Uh, sometimes they can't work. Um, then they have that, this benefit going on. Then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and heals that person. That person is jumping around and walking and running around. Then what happens? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But then during the week, they remember, oh, wait a minute, if, if the people see me walk in the streets and if the government finds out, I'm going to lose my benefit. So there, there was a story of, of this one uh, young lady. She was in a wheelchair and she went to a meeting in Europe and she was healed. She jumped, she ran, she did things that she could never do before. And she received benefits from the government. I mean, I'm telling you, when, when you're in a wheelchair for a certain number of years and you jump out of that chair and you run, no emotion can make that happen, I'm telling you. I mean, you're, you are healed because there's no way you can jump out of a wheelchair and run if you're really, really sick. But she was healed. But then later on, that lady, she was a young lady and she was receiving money from the government and then and her mom told her, hey, you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna lose your benefit if you keep walking like that. Go back to the wheelchair because at least you got the money. Come on. 
Go back to work. Go do something with your life and get your money honestly. Like if God healed you, just go back to work. I mean, you're young, you can work and you can make a living. Don't just, you'd rather be in a wheelchair to get some, some money from the government. That's ridiculous. But that's what she did. And then, and then listen, this is crazy. Someone met her and said, hey, weren't you healed? And you know what she said? Yes, I was. And I am. But I'm walking this wheelchair so I can have the, the benefits from the government. I don't want to lose it. Now, that's as ridiculous as it sounds, but it's true. I've seen people do that. And it's sad because that, that's why Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Because for some reason, some people don't want to be free. Whether they have attention, they have love, whatever they think, they have something sick in their mind where the, where the enemy has blocked their freedom and they can't get away from that. I've seen one other preacher, he shared this publicly, that's why I'm sharing that. This other preacher, he was in a big meeting and there was a, a, a mother and a son and the son was in a wheelchair. And so the, the mother brought the son in a wheelchair to be prayed for. He prayed for the son and then the son rose up from the wheelchair and he was running all around, running! And running and jumping and then the mom, I don't know whatever was on her mind. Maybe they, they created a sick bond that like she, she was taking care of him and there was this emotional bond, like unhealthy emotional bond where there was a dependency. Uh, she, he was dependent upon her and she liked that he was dependent. And there was like this weird, unhealthy bond created because of that situation. And so the son was running and he was independent and he's like, ah! Then all of a sudden, the mom was like calling him. <laughs> Called him and put him back in the chair. And then the priest said, no, don't do that. And they said, no, no, he needs this, he needs this. And then the preacher's like, he's not gonna, if he allows it to take place, he'll not retain or, or really walk in his healing. Not that did not happen, but she, um, had, she had this bond of um, unhealthy emotional bond with his son that for some reason, got used to liking the, the idea of being dependent. Come on, if you're young, I'm telling you, go to work. I mean, you don't need your, your I don't want my mom, uh, you know, or, 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 or my wife or anybody just, you know, give me a shower, cleaning me, whatever. Come on, you're, you can do that yourself. And so for, for some reason, that gentleman also allowed himself to be put in that situation. It's terrible. And that's why Jesus asked that man, do you want to be made well? Not that they had uh, benefits from the government at that time, I don't believe so. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, some people need to understand that they need to desire freedom. You need to desire freedom. Whether it may be physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it is. You need to desire to be free in order to be free. If you're used and you like that, that condition, you're not going to be free. The number one thing you, you got to desire, I desire to be free. That's my desire. So the man, what did the man say? Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So what did, what, what did he tell Jesus? He gave Jesus an excuse not to be healed. 
And that's sometimes what we do with some problems that we carry for so long. We have an excuse set up that we say, oh, I'm not free because of this. Oh, I understand that I could experience, but because of, and then we, we have an excuse made up. In his case, what he was expecting, he was expecting some man to help him, put him in there. Or well, I'm in this situation because of the government. I'm in this situation because of the church. Or I'm in this situation because of my family. And I'm in this situation because of my dad or because of my childhood or because of whatever. So the enemy is always trying to lock you down with an excuse why you can't get ahead. Maybe you're... And sometimes, listen to me right now. These excuses are real situations, but you got to get past that. Okay? Oh, I had a rough childhood. Okay, I understand it's bad. Who likes to, to have a rough childhood? Nobody. Oh, I was raised in poverty. Okay, but you don't have to stay there for your whole life. Oh, my, 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 um, my mom was rough with me. Or my dad was, was, was um, abusive with his words or whatever. Okay, I understand, but you don't have to dwell there for your, the rest of your life. The problem is that the enemy likes to lock people down and say, okay, you got this situation that is real, and then that's what we're going to have for life, and then put you in a prison, spiritually speaking. I've seen people bound for, for um, years when, oh, when I was five years old, I had this, this issue. Okay, how old are you now? Oh, I'm 55. Okay, it's been 50 years. And I'm not diminishing your problem or your situation, but it's time to get free. You cannot dwell in the past and expect to have a better future. Oh, but I had this issue 20 years ago. Okay, it's been 20 years. Get healed from it. Get over it and move on. Don't stay in the past. There's nothing there anymore. Only memories. If you stay in the past, you're never going to move into the future, in the present and the future. Don't live in the past. Let the past go. Let the bad stuff go. Let the bad memories go. Sometimes you got to ask the Lord to even erase from your memory these bad memories. Lord, erase from my mind. I don't want it anymore in Jesus' name. Because the enemy loves to rewind. Yeah, you see? That's what happened. And it's like a, a, a movie. Keeps rewinding these memories and real. How many have you experienced that? When you, you experience some painful memory and then the enemy loves to bring this about on your mind. Sometimes you're going to lay down on your pillow and then you, you try to sleep or, or try to. And then this movie comes, keeps coming. And it's old, but it keeps coming. It's time to break it off and say, no more in Jesus' name. I want the new movie that the Lord has for me. And He's the director. Amen. Hallelujah. And He is the author of this story. He's going to write a new chapter in my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But you got to let go of the old to receive the new. You cannot embrace the old and receive the new. The, the Bible says, Jesus said that no one can put new wine into old wineskins. You got to let go of the old wineskins in order to receive the new wineskin the Lord has for you. You got to let go of your past to receive your present and your future. Let go of the bad memories. Let go of the abuse. Let go of the bad experience. Let go of betrayal. Let go of lies. Let go of bad experience. Let it go. Otherwise, you'll never experience what the Lord has for you. What excuse are, is holding you today? 
Sometimes you have excuses why you cannot get ahead or why you cannot live the abundant life that Jesus paid for you. You build on these excuses and these excuses are so real that it becomes a limitation you need to get rid of. God cannot use me because... God cannot use me because I did this and I did that. Okay, David did some bad stuff. I'm not encouraging the bad stuff, but David repented and God still used him. Noah, <laughs> first thing that Noah did <laughs> after he came out of the ark, you know, he got really drunk, but did that erase everything that Noah did or did? I'm not justifying of course, if you know me well, I'm not justifying or condoning sin by any means. But what I'm saying is, don't allow your failures to stop you from going forward in the kingdom of God. Oh, but I did this, I did it. Okay, 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 you did this. Okay, let's get rid of that sin in Jesus' name. Let's repent in Jesus' name. Ask for forgiveness. Not just say forgive and keep doing what you do. No. Some people, oh Lord, forgive me. But tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. I already know it. It's like you're putting on a credit card, you know, the blood of Jesus. Okay, uh, forgive me because I know tomorrow I'm going to do bad. I, I know it already and I know, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know what I'm going to do. Forgive me, Lord. I'll do it and I'll ask for forgiveness. No, that's it's not real repentance. Repentance is a change of mind where you say, no, I, I've messed up. I've done wrong, but I repent of it. In other words, I change my mind about it. I want to let go of the past and embrace what is new. That's repentance. If you just feel bad, that's remorse. I feel bad I did that, but I still do it. So, it's not repentance. Repentance is a change. David did not do what he did anymore when he repented. With Bathsheba, and, and then he killed Uriah. That's terrible. But then you don't hear in the Bible afterwards, you know, and then David committed adultery again, and he, he found another lady again, and he committed adultery, and he killed her husband. No, you, you, don't, you don't see that again. Why? He repented from that. Repentance will produce fruit in your life. Okay? So, um, this man had an excuse. In John chapter 5, he had an excuse. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Sometimes you're saying, I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have anybody to give me what I need. I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. And then you got the excuse to say, I'm going to stay where I am because I don't have anybody to do it for me. But then Jesus comes to him and simply said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, Jesus was solving a problem with a simple command that lasted for 38 years and just said, rise up and walk. Now let me tell you, when you're bound by limitation, you're problem-focused. What is a problem-focused person? It's a person who always targets and zeroes in the problem. Well, I got this issue, you know, it's really terrible, you know. Uh, okay, uh, how can you solve this? Uh, can I pray for you? No, but it's been going on for 10 years. It's, it's just, just pray so I can bear it, you know. Just pray so I can go through it, you know. Um, okay, so how can, I, how can we get this um, taken care of? No, I'm just 
going through it right now. And so they're problem focused. What is a problem focused person? The one who always lifts the problem up and says, that's how it's supposed to be. But Jesus is solution focused. The man was problem focused. He said, you know, I got the problem for 38 years. He said, no problem. I got the solution. Rise up and walk. The problem-focused person is the one who is always exalt the problem and say, Oh, that's how long it's been, that's how bad it is, and that's how we have to endure. You know? Hallelujah. But Jesus said, Rise up, take your bed, and walk right now. In other words, Jesus was solving a problem with a simple command. It seemed crazy that the man was like that for 38 years, and then with a simple command, rise up and walk, then everything was solved. Hallelujah. I've met people where they struggle for years and then, or, or, or being deaf for years. Just in Brazil now, last month, we saw one, uh, uh, the wife of our driver. Uh, she, was, uh, she was deaf in one year. It was, I think it was like 80% or something and it was, there was a buzzing sound in one year. So it was for 22 years she was like that. And so she got used to it. I had a word of knowledge about it. And I said, you're gonna be healed right now. And then she believed and she was healed. But it, later she messaged me and she said, I am still healed. I talk on the phone. With, I couldn't talk on the phone with that year and I'm, I'm good. But it took me some time to adjust the thought that I was healed because it was so long that it took me, okay, I can hear. But 22 years I was deaf and just like because be healed in Jesus' name, boom. In a moment, a problem of 22 years can be gone just like that. That's how Jesus is. He's not problem focused, he's solution focused. Amen. Um, sometimes you and I can become problem focused when something we've been struggling with is for so long. Jesus will step on the scene and he is solution focused. He'll say, okay, you struggle with the problem, but I, I bring you the solution now. Just rise and walk. Just, just do this. Just uh, hallelujah. Just get encouraged. Just understand that with the Lord, with Jesus, a problem you've been facing for years and years can be gone just like that. Boom. Hallelujah. But the man had an excuse. But when he heard the command of the Lord, he rose up, took his bed, and walked. 38 years of limitation, real physical limitation, was broken with one command of the Lord. That's how powerful the Word of God is. That's why I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the preaching of the Word of God. I believe in the command. I believe in the prophetic word. I believe in the prophetic decree. I believe in the prophetic anointing. I believe when we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever you're going through right now, we just speak the command in Jesus' name. Stone be still. Yes. Hallelujah. Physical limitation be gone financial trouble be gone in Jesus name abundance come with one command everything can change just like that the problem is will you let go of the excuse that has bound you I don't know what your excuse is and sometimes that excuse is a real problem but you got to understand with Jesus all excuses are gone because Jesus did not focus on the excuse. The man said, I got no man to help me. Jesus said, no problem. I am the man. Rise up and walk. <laughs> I, got no, I got no solution. I am the solution. I got no money. 
I am the owner of the silver and the gold. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. I am sick. I am the Lord who heals you. I got lack of peace. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus is what you need. If you say, I'm sick, he said, okay, no problem. I'm your healer. Oh, I'm, I don't have peace. I'm your, your, your I, ha, I, I have problems. I'm Jehovah Nisi. I'm your banner. Hallelujah. Oh, I have lack. I'm El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. So he always has a solution to the problem you're facing. He always is what you need. So when you say your excuse, he'll reply to you, not with your excuse. He'll say, okay, no problem. I got that. I, I cannot walk, Lord, because I've been sick for 30 years and there's no man. Okay, no problem. I, I am the man. Rise up and walk right now. Hallelujah. Limitations will block you from walking in the fullness that God has for you. Limitations will, will oppress you limitations will block you from fulfilling your destiny some of you have calling from God to do something but you got some limitations when I was called to go to the nations I had some limitations I had some financial limitations and I said Lord how can I go look at my bank account how can I go <laughs> how can I go or sometimes it's, 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 it's a legal issue I, I, I didn't have a, a green card when God called me to the nation now I'm an American citizen but I didn't have a green card then I couldn't really get out and come back how can I go when I, but the Lord's like I got you I got the money I got the legal papers. I got everything in hand. If you just trust me and obey what I say, I'm going to put you where you need to be. As long as you say yes and you are willing, that's all I need to hear from you. Because I got all the rest provided for you. I got everything prepared. I got all the papers signed. I got whatever you need. I got your hallelujah. I got your house. I got your papers. I got everything for you. I have everything ready for you. The only thing I need from you is a yes and a heart that is surrendered after me. Sometimes you think that you yourself need to prepare everything. No, you need to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Will you do it, Lord? Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the Lord will say, rise up, take your bed and walk. Some people have limitations. Listen to me right now. Some people have limitations. They are emotional limitations. In other words, it is not even real. More than half of the stuff that people worry about never happen. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you were um, worried, so much worried about something, and then it turned out to be that you realized that that did even come close to happening? Yes or no? And then you wasted your time. You wasted your thoughts and your energy. Because I'm telling you what, worry does something to our bodies. 
where we'll feel tired, even if we have never have not done any physical labor. How many ever felt so worried that you're like, man, I'm tired? Why? Because emotions they have an effect on our on our physical bodies. It's scientific. It's 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 proven by science that emotions have a, a, a um, an ability to affect our physical body. Some people, for example. My grandfather, my dad's father, I, I didn't get to meet him in person, but I know this story. When he lost everything, he, 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 he was a man of means and he had money, but then there was a, a, the revolution of 1964, the military revolution of 1964, so they, they blocked all the money from the accounts and stuff like that, and there was a big change. So it turned out to be that in, in a matter of days, he lost everything then, okay, that was a real fact. However, his emotions, when he got the news that he lost everything, his emotions caused his body to have a stroke. Because why? It was, it was a real problem, but then his emotions, he was, he was attached to that so much that it affected him completely, and he had a stroke because of that. So that's how powerful emotions are. It can, it can cause real damage, worry, can, uh, depression can cause damage, can cause stomach digestive problems or intestinal problems when people are so emotional about something and the devil knows that. Now, the, the tricky thing about the enemy is that he's been studying us for a long time. He's been on this race way longer than we have. Like we're on this race for like 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. The devil has been on this race for like thousands of years already like with the human race, with the, with the human, human beings. So he is a psychologist. He understands the power of emotions. He understands the power of words. He understands what it does to us. So what's his target? He's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go after his emotions because I cannot do anything with spiritual with him, but I'm gonna mess him up with his emotions or her emotions. I'm gonna make him feel worried. I'm going to put thoughts on her, on her mind. They will mess them up. I will cause them to think something's going to happen. Uh, for example, some people, if they feel a certain kind of pain, they usually go to Google first. And then if you read Google, <laughs> if you read Google, then, oh, first thing is this, cancer. <laughs> have you, how many have ever done that? You got something, you went on Google, you're like, oh my goodness, you, you, you even feel sicker. You're like, oh my gosh. Google says that I have, <laughs> that's what Google says, you know? And I'm not saying that all the symptoms is wrong, but what I'm saying is usually people think of the worst stuff first. They have any kind of pain, maybe they just hit their arm somewhere or, or whatever, then the devil says it's bone cancer. So it's like the first thing that comes to mind is like something really bad, and then people start worrying about something that is not even true. So. You can be blocked on your emotions. And if you're not careful, the enemy will really give you a hard time with your emotions. Because that's where, where we can mess up sometimes real bad if we were not healed from the past. Why? When, when, when you carry the past with you, your emotions are messed up. And when you're unstable emotionally, you can get into really deep trouble. Because whatever um, emotional experience you have, it will affect people around you. Your emotions will affect people around you, and they're going to feel it. Um, 
maybe you'll be rude to people when they did nothing to you. Maybe you'll do some, say something nasty when they're like, oh my goodness, what did I do? And you didn't do anything. It's not because of you. It's because they are just unstable emotionally. They did something. Uh, they got some issues that they need to deal with. How many have ever been, uh, uh, have ever seen a um, co-worker that they were like really mean for no reason? And they're really angry for no reason. And all of a sudden they give you a bad answer for no reason. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not about you. It's because they themselves, they need to be healed on the inside. And they're carrying some pain. They're carrying some hurt. And they need to express that somehow. And I'm not justifying their behavior. But what I'm saying is they are emotionally unstable and emotionally sick. And they have not been treated for it and therefore it plays an effect around them so limitations on your emotions are a big deal because when you feel worried depressed and you have fear of the future you cannot get ahead why fear tomorrow when your god is the beginning and the end we're, we're singing you're the beginning and the end beginning and the end and time is in his hand we're singing earlier this morning beginning and the end beginning and the end we're singing that however we get worried about tomorrow oh my goodness what's gonna happen tomorrow how i'm gonna pay that or how i'm gonna do this or how i'm gonna do he's the beginning and he's the end he was with you in the beginning he's with me now and he'll be here tomorrow and all the days of my life the lord is with you always to the end of the age so if he's the beginning and the end his, he knows the end from the beginning and he's the beginning and the end he's already the, in the in the past he's here and he's there and he he's telling you trust me trust the lord and lean not on your own understanding trust him your emotions will be stable when you trust him even when you're tempted to worry you remember the lord is there already he is in the future waiting for me and he's pulling me there right now hallelujah come on somebody give jesus some praise emotional limitations emotional limitations need to be broken and dealt with you cannot live your life being an emotional mess all the time i understand that there are some periods of time in people's lives where they're dealing with something for example if a loved one passes away of course it's normal during the first month or so that you feel some kind of of, of grief and, and sorrow and and pain i understand that it's it's i understand but even then you can expect the lord to be there with you to lift you up and to encourage you and to comfort you the holy spirit comforts you when you go through trouble amen you're not helpless nor hopeless with jesus I'm helpless. No, you're not. You got Jesus? Yes, I do. So you're not helpless. I'm hopeless. No, you got Jesus. You got, you got Christ in you, the hope of glory. You cannot be hopeless. Hallelujah. One of the things about depression is that depression is a sense, it's a mode where it, it puts you a sense of hopelessness. And then uh, uh, Christians can go through depression, but they don't need to stay there. And they, they, there's a way out from that. Amen. Don't just say, oh, Christians go through depression, that's how it is, you know. No, listen to me, right? I'm not 
condemning people if they go through something. But the thing is, what is wrong is, will you stay there and will you think that's how it is? That's, the, that's what the problem is. It's not really what you go through, it's just believing that you have to dwell there the rest of your life. That's where the problem is. If you got problems, come and get help. Some people, they are so full of problems, when they have problems, they, they run from church or they run from the presence of God. No, listen, if you got problems, that's where you need to be, in the presence of the Lord. Or I'm just going through a hard time, I'm not seeking the Lord. No, listen. Seriously, if you have a hard time, that's where you need to be on your face, on the ground, and say, Lord, help me. Because I know, it's like Peter. Jesus said, are you guys leaving too? Peter said, no, where can we go? Who has words of eternal life but you, Lord? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to seek for help where there's no Jesus in there. Jesus got to be number one. And that's why sometimes the church has, has, has become the greatest referral program. We always, oh, you got problems, let me refer you to this. Let me refer you to that. And okay, no, you got problems, we got the anointing here. And the Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. It doesn't say the anointing helps you deal with the yoke. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. Oh, the anointing helps me cope with that. No, you don't know. The anointing destroys that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, 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 oh, no, I got to cope with that. No, you got you to be free from that. I got to cope with depression. No, you got to be free from depression. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling the anointing is greater than any medicine. Oh, I got depression. And, and I'm not saying, for, for example, I never tell people to stop taking medicine. Never. I've never done it. Never will. Because I don't want to be responsible for people's faith. That's their faith. One lady in Finland came to me and said, I, I messed up. I got mental problems. I got mental issues. I need you to pray for me. That was years ago. And I cannot work because I'm mentally disabled. I cannot sleep. I take such and such medicine. I take tons of medicine. Can Jesus do something? I said, yes, he can. And he will if you believe. And said, I believe. So I, I told her, lift her hands to heaven. I lay hands on her. She falls by the power of the Spirit. She stays on the ground for like 40 minutes. And people are like, wow, they were worried about her because she was there for, for so long. And I said, leave her there. God is doing something. She gets up really happy. She gets healed in her body like she couldn't move uh, her hands because of arthritis and, and different things. She gets healed and also she couldn't run because of asthma and she, got, she gets healed from asthma. And then she felt stable. Long time later, I got a phone call from the pastor saying the lady had been completely healed of all her mental problems. She was out of medicine. She met the psychiatrist. Psychiatrist told her, um, why you look so good? What, what happened to you? She said, no, I, I, was, I, I went to church. Isn't that a good thing when, when people ask, what happened? I, I went to church. Church is not the place that you, you go just to feel less guilty of what you did on Saturday. No, just church is the place where you come and you can get free by the power of God. Where you come and you can get healed by the power of God. Church is a place where the presence of God dwells and the word of God speaks. 
I believe it is time for society and for the community to hear how good the church is because they believe the church is you know, just a program to you know, keep people's conscience you know, a little lighter because of what they did before. No, listen to me right now in Jesus' name. The time is at hand where the world needs to hear what's happening in the church. And so, so I went to church. And there was a young man from America. When that happened, I was way younger. And there was a young man that came from America. And then he, he just laid hands on me. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command all these mental problems to go. And I fell on the ground. And I stayed there for 40 minutes. And when I got up, I was different. That's what she told the doctor. And he's like, what did he do? What technique did he use? No, he just like prayed for me. He just put his hand on my head and prayed for me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then he's like, but you look so different. You look so happy. Your countenance is different. What happened? He said, I'm telling you, he prayed for me. Because people believe, you know, oh, I'm going to pray for you. you no, know, prayer for this, prayer for this. But they don't really understand the power of prayer, a true prayer. Pray for this city, pray for this. And even people from the world, pray for this, pray for this. But it's like, you know, to relieve your conscience. No, real prayer has real power. So she, he began to interview her, her for several minutes, ask her questions about her family. He really began to push for her memory. Everything was perfect. She answered everything. For, he's like, I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. And he said, what about your medicine? Are you taking your medicine? He said, no, I stopped on that day. I said, I went back home. And I said, I'm not taking medicine anymore. Now, now the thing is, I never told her not to take medicine because I never would do that. Because it was her faith with God. Because if for some reason she took medicine and she went crazy or something like that, it's not my responsibility. I didn't tell her to do that. So, but she decided not to take medicine. Then I went to Finland after six months and I was in a meeting. I was packed with people. This lady comes running to me and she's crying when she sees me and says, you remember me? I said, yes, I do. She said, I'm completely healed. All my mental conditions are gone. I'm completely normal. I'm working now. I'm not depending on the government anymore. Get the mentality that you need. Oh, you know, I need to be helped. I need, you know, I need the government to do this. I need to go. Listen, the government is not your savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, Praise the Lord. And thank God it, it, it is not. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know we need to pray for the government and everything. But, you know, and, and we need to pray for authorities that are in charge. Whether you like them or not, you got you to gotta pray for them. You got to pray for the president. Oh, I don't like him. Okay, but pray for them. Pray for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, that's the Bible says. And when, when Paul wrote that, pray for all authority, pray, pray for the government, Roman Empire, <laughs> the emperors were, were like terrible people. It's like, pray for the government in authority. Pray that you have peaceful life. Pray for your government. And I'm like, okay. If, if they could pray for the Roman Empire, surely we can pray for Brazil. We can pray for... For America, we can pray for the White House, we can pray for the Congress, we can pray for, 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 um, for Finland, for all the nations that are represented, we can pray for that. Amen. That there may be peace and there, there also may be an opening for the gospel. Because I believe we're living in a time where, where God is giving us an opportunity to preach the gospel like never before. Nations are opening up. Amen. So, um, this lady... All her limitations were on her mind, but they were real because they were mental problems. And one of the most terrible diseases is a mental disease 
Because if you're sick in your body and your mind can function well, it's one thing. But when you're sick in your own mind, that's serious. But if Jesus could heal that lady like that, all the mental condition gone, no medicine, could live like a baby, completely healed. And the pastor, oh, she's one of the intercessors of the church. She's praying for people. You got to let go of your limitations, whatever they are. Some, I'm almost, I'm going to continue next Sunday. I, I, in, I got a, a flyer for this. I'm going to pass you, invite somebody because there are people who have real limitations that they need to get rid of. They need to listen to this message. Amen. How many believe you got some friends that have some limitations that they need the message to uh, get free from that? Amen. So some limitations are real. Some limitations, they are emotional. And some limitations are complete lying from the enemy. I've seen people bound by things that were not even true. But because the enemy has so much made a, um, a web of lies on their minds, they end up believing that and they live like this is true and they are in a cage that is not even, not even real. Some people feel rejected. Some people feel um, inferior. Some people feel um, a sense of rejection. How many have ever felt, uh, met with people that were, had a sense of rejection? They, oh, you know, uh, the pastor didn't say hi to me. And sometimes there were just a lot of people there and then you couldn't see them or whatever, but you didn't really mean to don't not say hi or whatever it's just like but in their mind they're, they're they are conditioned to believe that everything is already functioning revolving around that thought because the enemy has built a web of lies on their minds and that's how they live they live based on the lies that the enemy feeds them but you gotta let go of these lies in order to live the abundant life that christ paid for you in jesus name whether your limitation is real, whether your limitation is emotional, whether your limitation is a lie, you need to let go of this limitation in order to experience true freedom. Hallelujah. Next week, I'm going to talk more about also financial limitations. And I got some um, awesome stories from the Bible concerning that. Um, but also other types of limitations that the enemy has built. And we need desperately, we desperately need the ministry of deliverance in the church to function to its fullness. Because so many people are bound in the church. I don't care if the church has uh, 20 members, 50 or 1,000. Uh, what is it worth to have 1,000 people who are bound by the devil? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. Because it's good to have a 1,000-member church. You can do a lot, accomplish a lot for the kingdom with 1,000 people that can pray, that can give, that can do it. It's, it's amazing. So I'm not knocking that. But it is not just about having a certain number of people. It is about how many people do you have that are actually free? How many people that you have that are actually full of the Holy Ghost, full of the power of the Spirit, who actually have the mindset renewed by the Word of God? Because when your mind is not renewed, you're going to be feeding on the lines of the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I'm just sick and tired of lines of the enemy. I don't want to walk with it. I don't want to hear it. 
I want the lines of the enemy to be completely broken because when you empower the lie, you're going to experience the fruit of that lie. How do I empower pastor? How do I empower the lie? You empower when you believe and when you agree with what, what the enemy says. How did Eve get into trouble? Did God really say that you cannot eat of this fruit? And said, oh, maybe I heard wrong. And then she engaged into a conversation. Sometimes you engage into a conversation with the enemy in your thoughts. And the enemy knows that. So, coming back to John chapter 5, and we're almost done. John chapter 5, the man throws an excuse to Jesus, says, you know, I am like this because I got no man to help me. Jesus says, no problem. I help you now. I am the man. Don't be problem focused. Don't be limitation focused. If God told you something, Look at that first, not the problem. I'm not looking at my problem saying, oh no, I cannot do because... Of, no, if God said I can, I can. If God said He will bless you, no matter who says otherwise, He will bless you. If God says you will prosper, I don't care what your situation looks like right now, you shall prosper. Why? Because God said so. I'm not saying you don't take care of, your, of the natural things you need to take care of. But what I'm saying is your focus must be greater on God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You're running the race, not looking at the obstacles. Why? Because I'm running here and there's this pulpit. And if there's an obstacle, you know what Jesus can do? He can make you... Jump over that, whatever. Because as long as I have the eyes on him, he's giving me the strength, he's giving me the power, he's giving me the ability, he's giving me the, the means, he's giving me the resources, he's giving me the, the supernatural touch so I can keep running this race in Jesus' name. I don't know what your limitation is today. We're gonna continue that next week. I don't want I don't want you to miss next week. Whatever, whatever the Lord has um planted in our hearts today will be also good for us to reflect on next week but I want you to first put your heart before the Lord and say Lord I don't want to be problem focused because that's not how you are I don't know about you but I don't like to be problem focused like okay I got this problem okay how can we solve that <laughs> is there any way we can solve oh but I tried this before it didn't work I tried this okay listen what can we do now that's, that's how your mind should be. should never be thinking, locking yourself, limiting yourself based on your natural uh, reality, based on, on, especially based on the lines of the devil. Like I was saying about, about Sweden, people, oh, Sweden's like this, it's spiritually cold. That's how it is. You preach and nothing happens. No, I refuse to think like that. I refuse to think like, like that about Richmond, too. I refuse. I believe we were praying on Thursday and we say, Lord, there are people here in this city who are hungry for you. Cause them to be attracted. Cause them to be placed into the right position. Lord, I don't believe the report that is all, oh, that's all bad. It's, we can't, we don't, we shouldn't, we won't. 
I don't believe that in Jesus' name. I believe that all things are possible to them that believe. I believe He is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above all that we ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power that works in us. He can do all things exceedingly, abundantly, far above all things we ask, think, or even imagine. Now, that's where I want the limits to be off. Ephesians 3.20, that's where I want my limits to be off, where exceedingly, abundantly, far above all we ask, think, or even imagine, that's where our limit is. In other words, limitless. <laughs> Whoo, hallelujah. Stand to your feet right now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray right now in Jesus' name that the Lord will move and, and He'll break off the limitations on your mindset. Great part of the limitations are built on our minds. Great part of the limitations that we carry are built on our minds. And, and if you believe the lie of the enemy, that's how you're going to live. But I'm telling you in Jesus' name, let go of the past, let go of the old mindsets. Oh, pastor, but you don't know this happened in my life. Listen to me right now in Jesus' name. Don't be like this man. Say, oh, I got no man to help me. Jesus is telling you today, I am what you need and I'm here today. I am exactly what you need and I came here, you came here just in time to hear that word. <laughs>